0: Welcome to the PotatoLink podcast, where we will be talking with experts on a range of topics relating to potato cultivation and research. PotatoLink is the Hort Innovation Australian Potato Industry Communications and Extension project. The project is funded out of the fresh and processing potato funds and contributions from the Australian Government. While the project is managed by Hort Innovation, Applied Horticultural Research is the team contracted to deliver the project. In this episode we speak with Tasmanian Regional Representative Tim Walker about the weed oxalis and the event PotatoLink ran with VegNet in March. Let's get started. Well hi, uh, my name's Ryan Hall. I'm from Applied Horticultural Research and I'm part of the team helping to run out the uh, PotatoLink project. Uh, today I have the Potato Link regional representative, Tim Walker, uh, with me today to talk about the recent Oxalis event. So Tim, uh, maybe you can give yourself a bit of an introduction.
1: Uh, hi, thanks Ryan. Um, yeah, my name is Tim Walker. I'm the lead agronomist with Walker Ag Consultancy, which is my own um, independent agronomic consultancy service where I cover predominantly in the Northwest coast of Tasmania, but I also have some clients over in Victoria as well so yeah I I became uh, Tasmania's representative of Potato Link about a year ago and yeah my role is to not only represent my clients but anyone in Tasmania that is growing potatoes so to to bring attention to any issues that we may be having down here and yeah to to take that to um, a high level.
0: Yeah, and, and one of those issues that you've raised recently is oxalis. So what is oxalis? Are there different types and what are some of the things that uh, you can identify it by?
1: Yeah, so there are actually five native species of oxalis in Tasmania, but um, six introduced species. So they've unfortunately found their way into to cropping grounds. So um there's two types there's a creeping type and um, a bulb type the latin name for the most common one is oxalis uh, latrifolia so that's um there are several types but yeah, that's the main one that we have issues with so it looks very similar to a clover plant with a leaf structure at the top but um yeah if you you look closely, you can see it's got a slightly different shaped leaf, and yeah, um, acts differently to what clover does. It's actually a perennial, like like a clover, but it goes completely dormant in the in the winter time. And so people think, oh, I've had a bit of oxalis. Well, it's completely gone. Uh, no, there's there's none about it all. Not a problem. And then it'll come back with a vengeance, as it has a remarkably good energy source in the bulbs under the ground which can yeah keep it coming back and multiplying year after year if if not managed
0: yeah and so i understand there are quite a few difficulties in management and i guess that perennial nature and that uh going that dormancy over a winter are probably some of the reasons why but maybe you could expand on why it's so hard to manage
1: so it's so hard to manage um where i'm predominantly based on the northwest coast of tasmania because we don't get those really big frosts each year in the winter time, which is enough to generally stop it reproducing. It'll, it'll lay, it'll lay dormant, but it'll, it'll still be growing. And, um, uh yeah expanding that energy source into bulbs like if you have a look at a bulb of an oxalis plant there are literally hundreds of little bulbs just multiplying all the time and that's why it's a a really big issue every time you're running an implement through a paddock you're spreading it around you mightn't even be aware that it's there it's so small um and it's not until the springtime when the soil temperatures start to warm up that you you will see that you have a lot lot more of it and whilst we can um generally get the tops under control um we're not completely killing it underneath and and that's why it's yeah it's such a big issue um and it's being transported all all over uh properties by implements basically it can stick to soil so anything soil can stick to will will um will move it around whether that be your boots um car tires sheep cattle um anything um and it's so so very very um yeah easily transportable around which is why it's becoming a growing issue
0: yeah and i I can definitely see problems with the potato harvesters going through and just churning up the ground and really spreading it that way as well
1: yes um yes i will it'll we've actually seen it come up um digging webs and and through the grading table and people have been um yeah grading it grading it out as, as a, um, a weed, but it's also sticking to every little part of that potato harvester. So a potato, it's a good example actually of, of one of the bigger implements, like it takes a lot of time to clean one of those down, but it, after after this field day that we've had, which was very well attended, um, I know that a lot of people have changed their practices and um, are, are, are realising just how important biosecurity is and and um, yeah, cleaning down their implements and their vehicles. Um, going from paddock to paddock like it's not un, uncommon for one potato harvester to go to dozens of different paddocks throughout the harvest season and that's where we get these problems um so yeah that that was a, a really really good point that that came out of it and people are a lot more aware of, of just how transportable this particular weed is.
0: are there any uh management options available for oxalis
1: yeah so what we don't want to do is if if we can at all help it just completely quarantine a paddock that's not productive land is very valuable here we've got beautiful red rich basalt soils um, along the coast and they're highly productive um, soils which can grow amazing crops we want to try and avoid that that's a that's a last resort is to um, take that paddock out of circulation so what we're discussing was crop different crops that we can grow like a um a cereal crop say for example we can use certain chemistries that can suppress the oxalis to stop it building up that bulb source through the life of 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 that crop to maybe avoid crops like poppies where you know you have an um, an oxalis issue because um there's not too much chemistry we can put on them to to stop that so it's going to grow with with the poppy and um by the time you finish you're going to have um yeah probably double what you you started with there are some good practices which if you've got it in very small doses um like a, a little isolated plot in a, in a corner of a paddock you, um, large amounts of nitrogen so in the form of urea can be placed on on the plant um as as it dissolves and breaks down it's it's physically rotting out that bulb and um that that's not practical on a, on a massive scale but um was it, it one of the options which does work quite well and if you've got a small small area yeah keep it keep it managed and isolated but i guess it's acknowledging that you have the oxalis um that was uh, that a lot of people probably have it and, and aren't aware of it or they're turning a blind eye. Some people are um, embarrassed that they have it on their property, but there's, I think, 80% of the people that came to this field day admitted that they have an oxalis problem. So, yeah, that was good to all be on the same page to to be aware of it and then come up with plans on, on how to stop it spreading. There's no real silver bullet at all. We're not going to eradicate it completely, but we can certainly stop it from getting worse we can prevent it um there'll there'll be a number of people there who generally don't have it on their properties and hopefully if they ever see it or they'll they'll take the the measures to stop it coming onto their property in the first place which is the whole purpose of having these days
0: yeah and i I guess that's kind of an important point to raise like we we did have this oxalis event uh, i think it was in late march or early march was it um yeah it was in late march and um very very well attended like
1: i said um uh it was obviously a need for it. The particular paddock was a great uh, example of of just how badly it can spread. That had been potatoes the, the previous year and had just been left fallow. We're wondering how to to manage this this particular paddock. So it was a great demonstration site people could dig it up. Um the oxalis was coming up 50, 60 centimetres below the surface. So you'd, you'd see the leaf on the top and we'd dig down with a spade and we'd find a bulb source underneath. It was just amazing the source of energy that was in there. And being coastal, yeah, we were probably as the crow flies only about two or three kilometres from, from the sea. Yeah, we, we weren't getting those freezing cold temperatures to, to break that cycle. So it was a it was a great demonstration site to have.
0: Yeah, and our collaborators, VegNet, they, they really helped. Getting some of that information across to some of the attendees, and who who was attending this event?
1: Yeah, so um, it was predominantly farmers, but yes, we had we had Vegnet. Uh, it was great to collaborate with them. They were fantastic with uh, information regarding the types of oxalis that we have. Also, um, we they came up with a a list of actives that are registered on on um, controlling oxalis. There was a few advisors there too. Which, were great to share their stories of what works and what doesn't work so yeah that was it was made up of their presenters advisors and uh predominantly farmers they made up 90 percent of of the audience which was which was great to see
0: yeah and you know you've mentioned a few things here about what was discussed at the at the event and some of the things about what you know identifying oxalis and you know how deep it can go and and getting you know your biosecurity order what what would you say that the main outcomes of the event were
1: so the main outcomes were the identify uh, the identification um, of of what oxalis was to be aware that you have it the biosecurity of of going to from farm to farm whether you're an advisor like myself or a contractor or even just visiting your neighbour's property to be very well aware that if you've got mud stuck to your boots or your car or your implements any form of dirt that could be transporting the the tiny oxalis bulb so for people to be aware of that i I think was one of the great take home messages prevention is always better than cure all the time but um, a lot of people already have this issue so the next best thing is how to manage it what rotations we can grow um what what crops are going to to still make you some money but not make your oxalis problem worse there like i say there's no silver bullet unfortunately it's 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 a perennial weed which makes it more difficult but you know we have lots of annual weeds which come back year after year after year we knock them out of the crops each time we we break the cycle of seeding most of the time but we still have an issue but it can be managed so i guess management is probably the key word here we need to be able to manage um the oxalis and to to make it um, economical, you can fumigate. So there is an option of fumigation, which is very, very, very expensive and will take your your um, your paddock out of production for for a period of time. That's a last result. We don't want to be fumigating our soils if we can if we can help it, because we're getting rid of all the good biologicals in the soil. Yeah. So yeah, as a last resort, fumigation. But um, there are plenty of other management tools that we can. We can um, use as well. Um, one of the one of the farmers said that he he had a bad oxalis paddock and he didn't want to keep working up that paddock and spreading it around. And so he actually made a decision to put that paddock in with lucerne for five or six years. So not not that we're encouraging people to harvest oxalis. It can be toxic to um, livestock in large doses. The idea was that there's plenty of chemistry available that you can put onto lucerne which is also registered in in um suppressing oxalis and then the lucerne can smother out the oxalis to stop it from spreading so that was a, a good option so you still get an income still can graze some stock on it can um bale the, the lucerne it's not being spread by baling because it's in the bulbs that's that it's being spread so yeah we we certainly Wouldn't wouldn't recommend that if that was going to make the problem even worse and yeah, by the time the loose was up, the oxalis certainly hadn't grown in size. If anything, it had gone down a bit, it was still there but it was, it was a good way to manage it. So that, that was um, one option. Cereal is another good option. There's plenty of chemistry we can put onto cereal and to be able to get that oxalis and stop it reproducing. So to break the cycle, basically.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, getting your biosecurity in order is very important. Making sure that if you have the problem that you're aware of it and you aren't overlooking it. And then also just knowing there are management solutions out there. If you get oxalis in your paddock, it's not the end of the world, but it is important to manage it. So that you can continue to make money and it doesn't overrun you. So, where to next? What's needed in this oxalis issue?
1: So education, um, which we've, we're covering. Um, i have no doubt there will be there will be more field days out there. Um, the word will spread. Yeah, but there certainly needs to be some industry uh, research into the issue so that we can maybe tailor a, a, an agronomy plan for for managing oxalis. Um, lots of people are doing different things some work some don't work but to compile that information and to to come up with an actual agronomy plan that helps manage and and um hopefully we can eradicate it one day but yeah prevention is definitely the key key thing here um
0: yeah and where can people get more information right now?
1: um so right now if people um the, the best thing i've found so far is there's a really good soil well fact sheet on oxalis so um you can look that up and there's some good information there to talk to your local advisor your agronomist um your local your veg um veg net officer they're all over that um so they're, they're they're the people that can source you the information, that they can give you the tools you need and and to help you to to take the first steps of yeah, managing this this horrible weed.
0: And we we can put up the Soil Wealth Fact Sheet. Uh, i link to it in the show notes. Well, Tim, thanks for coming on and talking about Oxalis. It's been a pleasure to have you. Um, hopefully we can get some new things going with Oxalis soon.
1: All right, thanks very much.
0: That brings us to the end of this episode of the Potato Link Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with new episodes. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please reach out to us via email at info@potatolink.com.au, or contact us through LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Don't forget to share with your friends, family and colleagues who might be interested. Thank you.